This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Steve Alsterman for Chris Berg today on the Chris Berg Show. Good to have you with us here on the program. Pleased to be joined now by Anthony Watson. Anthony is a Senior Fellow for Environment and Climate at the Heartland Institute. Betty Grandy, good friend of ours here on the program, also member of the Heartland Institute. And uh, I asked her a while back, hey, who would be a great person to have on if I fill in for Chris about climate change? Because I try to think critically about this because I just don't believe some of the things I hear. And she says, Anthony's fantastic. So we're very glad to have him on the show with us here this afternoon. And as I mentioned off the top of the show, I think as conservatives, we need to ask tough questions and not give on this subject. Because a lot of times the pressure will come to us and we'll say, okay, maybe there's something, but maybe you're getting a little carried away. No, let's fight the whole battle, not just half of it, and try to look at the data, look at the information and find out, are carbon emissions really increasing the temperature? And if so, is that something that would not have happened by its own in the atmosphere? And why does that happen? And what could happen? And how would climate change kill you? And what is the appropriate response? We just don't ask enough of these questions. So I'm very excited to have Anthony on the program today. Mr. Watts, thank you for your time, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for doing it, sir. Um, I guess I'm just going to ask you, what, what do you say to somebody? I'm just going to keep it super 10,000 foot here because we can get bogged down in details and facts and figures and whatever. But when someone says to you, yeah, carbon emissions are going to wipe out the population or they're going to kill society or any of those kinds of things, we've got to fight climate change. What do you say to them? Uh, to to just bring some logic to the argument without getting too deep in the weeds. Okay, I'll do my best. The first thing to know is that, yes, it has gotten modestly warmer over the last century. But what we don't know and what science has not been able to prove conclusively is how much of that is due to natural variation, natural changes in our atmosphere, weather patterns, and so forth, versus carbon emissions. Yes, Carbon dioxide emissions into the atmosphere mathematically have been shown to have a slight effect. However, they are not the complete control knob for the atmosphere. The atmosphere in, in, in the Earth or on the Earth is extremely complex. There are hundreds of variables associated with what goes on weather-wise and over a 30-period period, what goes on with climate. And it's an extremely complex system. The biggest problem that we have with alarmism associated with climate change is computer models. There's been a, a movement in the science community to start taking the output of computer models as actual data as opposed to speculation, which is what they are. They, yes, they, they use the best case scenarios, they use variables and so forth and so on, but they are still educated guesses. And computer models have been projecting increases as high as 7 degrees centigrade by the year 2100 to as low as just a half a degree centigrade. They haven't nailed it down, and part of it has to do with a variable called climate sensitivity, which has been known since the 1970s, but science has still not been able to nail down that number. 
And since they can't nail down that number exactly, the projections widely vary. And so a lot of the worry and concern that's being propagated throughout the world is based on these computer models and their wildly varying outputs. So I just was doing a little bit math uh, research here when you said that because you talked about centigrade to Fahrenheit. So if zero degrees Celsius is 32 Fahrenheit, I'm told now that one degree Celsius is 33.8. So you could have, if, if somebody is saying that these models show the climate could be affected by seven degrees centigrade, we're talking about 1.8 times seven. And I'm not a great math guy, but I think, think that's like 13.6. So let's say Fargo, North Dakota, where I'm doing this show from today, had an average increase of 14 degrees here in our part of the world, I guess it would affect maybe some of the crops that we grow and some of the some of the maturities for the corn and things like that. It might be hotter. We might lose a little bit of water. But the question I always try to think about with these things, uh, Mr. Watts, is how would climate change kill you? So let's say the worst possible thing did happen, <laughs> and there was 14 climate degrees. Climate change. Climate change happens over a long period of time. It never kills you. Weather is what kills you, not climate change. Okay, well, I like that answer. So that's my, I, I asked that to myself, but let me take it that next step then and say, okay, if it were, say, 14 degrees difference over the next 50 or so years, would, would the ecology and the, the atmosphere that we live in not adapt to that so that we would still be able to exist and all of our flora and our fauna would still be here as it is too? Or would we lose all the polar bears and the seals and the things like that? <laughs> well, first of all, it has to happen. And that 7-degree centigrade number or 44 which, which it, it, that increase is just not likely to happen. A lot of these projections that have come out of these climate models, particularly one of them called RCP 8.5, which is just a technical name for a particular computer model, happens to be the one that all of the climate alarmists and the media embrace. And it's the worst-case scenario model. But just, le- just a year or so ago, before the pandemic hit, there was a paper published in uh, the scientific journals out there that showed that this particular computer model couldn't actually happen. It wasn't even possible to have happen on the planet because even if we burned all the fossil fuels in existence on the planet, we still couldn't dump enough carbon dioxide into the atmosphere to reach that number. And so the model was completely impossible, mm. and yet it's still being cited by some of the alarmists out there. A lot of this is hype, really, associated with the belief that computer models can accurately project the future. I will point out that as a television meteorologist being on the air and a radio meteorologist being on the air for 35 years, we can't project out beyond about seven days for actual weather. And because the climate is just as complex, if not more complex system than weather, the idea that we're going to be able to predict the climate of the Earth out 50 or 100 years is just pure folly. It's a linear projection in a nonlinear system, and it's a linear projection in a chaotic system. Weather is chaotic. Climate is chaotic. And so, you know, we're going to have all these errors associated with these things, and it's just not plausible. It's just not plausible at all. So what do you, what do you say if you're at bowling night on Tuesday and one of your buddies says, well, I saw that CBS News sent Jimmy Big Hair over to – Galapagos to check on the tortoises, and they're showing that the the lakes are all rising because of climate change, and that 
the tortoises are going to be killed and they're going to be extinct because of climate change. What do you say to try to counter those arguments with some logic? Well, I can say this, that there's a website in the UK that tracks news stories. It's a mathematician over there, and he's tracked all the different news stories over the last 20 years or so talking about climate change. And what he's found is that there are lots of contradictory stories. There are stories that say, you know, well, tortoises, for example, tortoises are going to die under climate change, or tortoises are going to have a better environment under climate change. There's hundreds of these contradictory claims. And I will tell you this, working in the news media for the last 35 years, most reporters do not have the scientific wherewithal to understand what they're reporting about. As a result, they often take the low-hanging fruit without questioning it. But here's something else to consider. I just recently completed a report for the Heartland Institute where I traveled throughout the nation looking at the weather stations being used to measure climate change. These are operated by NOAA, the National Atmospheric and Atmospheric Administration, um, and the Weather Service. And I look at hundreds of these stations. They have a standard that's published. It was published in 2018 uh, in a formal way, but it was in an ad hoc sort of a general way uh, decades before that. And it's simple as this, the 100-foot rule. If you're going to put out a weather station to measure climate or weather, it should not be within 100 feet of any kind of heat-retaining surface or heat-producing thing. Yet, when we went out and inspected hundreds of these stations this past spring, we found that 96% of them did not adhere to NOAA's own published standards for citing where to place these weather stations. And these weather stations were next to big chunks of asphalt, brick walls, air conditioning systems that uh, produce waste heat, all this kind of stuff. And they were biased, and they were all biased to the warm side of things. But when we look at that remaining set of stations, that 4%, that it have not been corrupted by these bad placements, and look at the trend for warming over the last 30 years, it's about half of that of what all the other stations are. So what we're dealing with are two things. We're dealing with a belief in models being able to project the future accurately, and we're dealing with corrupted weather data, temperature data, which is warming at, hmm. at twice the rate that it actually is. Wow. Anthony, great stuff. Thank you. I could talk to you all day because I'm just fascinated by this, but more people need to hear you speak, sir, so keep uh, spreading the word. Thank you for your time today. Next My up, pleasure. 